Welcome everyone to Love and Pod, episode 2 of the weekly Trigun Stampede podcast. I am Lady Zeon, the Double Fang, and with me is Kai Keta, the non-binary typhoon. Say hello. Hey, what's up? I'm here somehow today. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming you're here through the magic of the internet, which allows us to talk to each other via Discord and then record. And... Yeah, we're going to go with magic. We're going to go with magic. I'm just really <laughs> tired. <laughs> Before I jump into the recap for episode two, I want to talk a little bit about more about episode one. Less about like my feelings on it, more about other people's feelings. I've seen people talking about it, people who are not pre-established Trigun fans um, talking about, like, you know, they actually really like the episode. And I'm like, okay, so there is an audience for this. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of pre-established Trigun fans who were just not happy at all, either because, like, they've changed so much or that all the info dumping that gave away so many spoilers for later in the show. But, like, other people who don't have that frame of context... Uh, I'm going to call this um, the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood effect, where all this information is just totally fine because you don't know that you're necessarily being spoiled because this is a new adaptation, it's a new version, and this is just how this information is being doled out to you. So it's cool to note there apparently is an audience for this show. Yeah, I know that there are people that I still follow uh, and I'm still mutuals with who are like from when I was really into Trigun fandom. And I've noticed that it seems like there's some kind of a divide going on between the established fans, uh, between people who like Trigun Stampede and people who don't. But mm -hmm. from the people that I follow who are saying they really like it, it seems like they're really focused on how much they really like how Vash was written, which was one of the things I think I remember saying I really liked Vash. Yeah, Vash, Vash in that first episode, I think, is like a, a shining spot in that episode. Honestly, and I also fairly liked Meryl, except for like some of the weirder character beats they give her, like the ooh-woo blushy stuff. Yeah, and it could be that like there is like a feeling of, there's a lot of fantasy and sci-fi stories that will you know, dump a whole lot on you at once. And that's kind of like par for the course for the genre, whether it's like done really well or not, that is just kind of what happens. And so there is still the possibility that this show is going to have so much more for its background. And so it needs to get these basic things out of the way as soon as possible. I don't know what that could be. I'm just throwing it out there that that's a possibility. And it could be the people who don't mind the info dumpy stuff is probably because that's what they're expecting. Yeah, so this, I would agree with you. And that's kind of the mentality I was coming in with. And when I finally get to actually really talk about this episode more in depth as like a Trigun fan, I'm giving this show less leeway that I was originally because it feels like that isn't the case. Honestly though, like one of my things is that like the redesign for Vash, I would be really cool if I could hear someone say they really like this redesign for Vash and it didn't just boil down to I want to fuck Vash to Stampede. <laughs> well I haven't seen any of that, but I haven't seen the other either. I haven't seen people who really like this design like at all actually. I haven't mm. like I haven't seen anyone being really negative about it, but it's like the people I have seen talking about it and saying they like the show, they don't really bring up the design change. Yeah, it sounds like people like aren't really aware of the design change and maybe like, you know, if they're new, once again if they're new to Trigun and they're just seeing sexy femboy and a red trench coat and they're like, I want a piece of that. Because, like, yeah, no, it seems to be pre-established Trigun fans who are like, wow, you just scrubbed the iconography out of this series. And other people being like, 
I want to ride back. <laughs> But yeah, also, uh, we got a couple of comments. One person was saying that they really liked our critical commentary on it, but they were surprised that our, like, kind of more objective coming at it, you know, not as fans part seemed far more critical than the nitpicky fangirl part of it. And that makes sense because that first episode, it, it's really kind of establishing things and all the problems with it were structural and not so much like how it deviated from the source material. Um, this episode is going to be the flip-flop of that for me because I'm going to have so much to say as an angry <laughs> Trigun fan. Yeah, I think uh, that's really interesting to me too, but it might be because we're both aware of the fact that there is leeway to be given to, or we, you know, uh, to some degree of like some changes and the changes that they did do for that first episode weren't that big of a deal, really. And I think we were both aware of it, and that might be why we were more critical towards the more, like, objective structural stuff, because we're aware that it's like, yeah, this Meryl's kind of a combination of Millie and Meryl, and that's kind of throwing me off, but okay, you know, I'll, I'll take it, as opposed to the stuff from this episode, which is like... <laughs> yeah, oh, man, like, if, if you want to, like, if, you, if you're really enjoying this show and you don't want to hear some negative criticism, do you, you could just eject now. I'm still kind of on the fence of meh. I don't think this next episode was, in the objective sense, much worse than the first no, one. No, no, from an objective sense, I don't think it was much worse either. And I'm still having hope that they're going to do something interesting, but that's also because I'm a really optimistic person who likes to believe in the best of everybody in all situations. Very humanoid typhoon core of you. <laughs> also, okay, another comment that we had gotten, other than the info dumping, our criticisms can also be applied to the original series. And to that person, I'm just going to say, if there are any people who might agree with that, uh, no, not really at all, because, like, you could fine-tooth comb the original Trigon anime and manga and be like, well, this was a really weird coincidence, and, th like, you know, maybe, like, a certain motivation, like, you're not quite sure, but, like, that series has, like, a pretty good consistency of, like, giving characters motivation, even if it's incredibly simple, and, like, at no point are you ever going to have a jobber who's a sharpshooter like that. And I know with the uh, that, like, officer, my thing was just... It's not that I thought his motivation was dumb. It's that I didn't know what it was. I couldn't. And there's a difference between this is a silly and ridiculous motivation versus I have no idea what you're doing. It's just, like, as you're watching, it's going... Why are you doing the things you were doing? I need the show to explain this. And then he keeps doing things where you're like, I'm more confused now than I was two minutes ago. It, it, there is also the idea, a new phrase that I like really like of, I don't need my fantasy to be realistic. I need it to be convincing. So it's like there can be stuff from the original Trigun that was like kind of out there or maybe didn't line up with reality just right. But there's a difference between something, be a story in the way it's written, being able to convince you of this is how this reality works. And there is also mm. the ratio thing. I know like uh, people, when I was like talking a lot about Dragon Ball Super as an example, and I would complain about the animation there, people would point out things from Dragon Ball and Z and I kept having to bring up, I'm like, hey, there's, there's a difference of the ratio of it though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think um. the ratio is really important, and at no point... Also, you're talking about, like, a first episode, where the first episode of the original Trigon and the first few chapters of the 
manga, they flow so much smoother, and you don't really have that problem. Where with this, I have no clue why any of this is happening, why any of these people are doing the things that they're doing, why I, I need a why. Right, like, uh, I know the first episode of uh, the original Trigun, you got this big giant dude with this giant boomerang thing, and you know, you know every single character's motivation throughout that, you know, and you know how they all got confused about who you know, Vash the Stampede was supposed to be and all that. Right. And even with, like, this giant ridiculous weapon and this massive strength that is just totally inhuman, you were still able to believe it. This guy's really big, he can carry this giant weapon, versus this guy's a random officer and he's a really sharp shooter and can hit this bullet in midair. Yes. Someone sent me a size comparison for, like, how big a point twenty two uh bullet is and it's the size of like a penny <laughs> and i was just like because i did notice while watching it that his bullets did look fairly small because i remember like in the original anime and the manga it's just like you know he had like big honking bullets yeah <laughs> so it was really weird to see him with these little itty bitty things and i'm not sure if maybe there's going to be like an in-universe reason for why he uses smaller bullets maybe he's you know doesn't want to hurt people so he wants to cause less damage or something like that which is be a perfectly fine suitable in-universe explanation it was just kind of a weird little choice made kind of also with the same thing with like his bounty being like six million double dollars as opposed to like 60 billion double dollars uh maybe it'll increase later in the show it's nothing show breaking whatsoever just like uh made me raise my eyebrow and go ah huh. Yeah, things like artists very rarely ever do anything by accident, and especially when you're talking about an adaptation making a change, something that's same minuscule very rarely actually is. There's usually a purpose for it. And so that is that is curious about what the purpose would be for changing how much his bounty is and changing the size of his bullets. I didn't think of that before. So Kai I have some really cool news. Uh, the podcast is now not only on YouTube. I've also added it to Spotify and on Amazon Music. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I was specifically like not saying anything until we were recording so I could get your genuine reaction. I didn't even know that was like a thing you could do. Like, that's so cool. Yep. Um, hey Amazon Music, how y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna look into getting it on uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, like Google Podcasts or whatever. Like, I'm gonna try getting it on those also. But for right now, Spotify, Amazon Music, there's also like a few random ones that automatically uploaded to. So I'm like, okay, I'm not even familiar with those, but whatever. More reach is always a good thing. Oh, that's awesome. That's really awesome. <laughs> that makes this feel more official. So for anyone who was not a fan of watching a podcast or listening to a podcast on YouTube, you now have an alternative source. So if you just want to click off this video and go listen to it on a podcasting service, I will not be offended. You you go do you. Come back here. Leave me comments because these are the only comments I'm actually going to read. Also, make sure to give like the podcast that you're actually like you know wherever you're give, give it a high rating. I, I like like a five stars because um, nothing below five stars matters. So you know, do us a solid. All right. So that's enough lead-in and rambling. Let's uh, get to the actual episode itself. Starting with the recap. 
and speaking of recap, we open with a recap. It's literally the seed ship thing with young Vash and young knives and Rem and the ships going down and knives being an absolute sociopath, just going Vash. Uh, and it's all that again. And then we get the OP, which was actually the ED of the previous episode, but I didn't want to comment on it then because I didn't know if it was actually going to be the OP or not. And it's fine. It is fine. It's no HT from the original series, but it is fine. The actual episode begins at the tavern that we were in at Genora Rock from the previous episode. On the radio, we're hearing about the Nebraska family has escaped from prison. They have 69 counts of manslaughter. Nice. 12 counts of attempted murder. Then we get Vash being interviewed by the journalist. And Meryl is just kind of like, oh, so you didn't steal these plants that you're being accused of. And he's like, nope. And it's like, okay, so it's your twin brother, Knives, who's actually stealing these plants. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, I can't actually take your word for that. And then, you know, Vash starts sobbing over it. Then, like, a little kid walks up and wants to give Vash some bugs. And then his mother scolds him. His mother is Rosa, the bar tavern lady. She shoos him away. And then the entire tavern pulls guns on him. Title card. And I bring up the title card because after the title card ends, Vash is then seen running through the city, being shot at, Everyone's going after him. Cut to the Nebraskas out in the middle of the desert in a vehicle complaining about their getaway car and needing money. And they're going to Genora Rock to try to catch Vash's Stampede to get the reward money. Cut back to Genora Rock. Vash is now just kind of hiding out with the reporters. He doesn't want to fight. He is just trying to avoid conflict. He is almost on his way out when three women with guns catch him and then shortly after the nebraskas show up interfere vash makes a run for it to get them away from the city they chase after vash the reporters chase after all of them eventually vash and the reporters are able to get away from the nebraskas the nebraskas frustrated they couldn't get vash and get the reward money then go back to the city to steal their plants back with vash and the reporters meryl is chastising vash for running uh, they hear over the radio that the plant is being stolen. Vash returns to the city. Vash has a fight with the Nebraska family. The conflict just kind of ends with the structure that they're standing on collapsing. The son of the Nebraska family saves the plant, keeps it from getting destroyed. Uh, he almost falls and dies. Vash catches him and the whole city actually saves him. After some conflict resolution... Everyone is then seen at the bar, having a good time, having drinks. And then these little droid things attach themselves to the son of the Nebraska family. Uh, he runs outside the tavern before exploding. End of episode. Oh boy. Um, there's a, there's a lot to go over with this one. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Because, <laughs> like, this episode feels... Like, such a weird retread of the first one, where Vash enters the city, and then there's, like, a big conflict. But, like, this one episode is specifically repetitive in the sense that, like, Vash is running through the city, and then the Nebraskas show up, and then he's running from the Nebraskas. 
And then they go back to the city. So then Vash has to go back to the city to have his battle with them. And it's just like, did you not have enough content to fill an episode? What happened? There might actually be some, uh, I think credence is the right word, but like you might have a idea there of what's going on because, you know, the episode started with literally showing again the backstory stuff from the first episode which nothing new added just the same stuff again it's only been a week it's only been a week guys yeah like at first i thought it was going to be a like a recap for the episode but then i realized oh it's vash like having a little moment and thinking back to that but i'm like there wasn't like new information there and a lack of new information is going to be a running thread throughout this episode. Because for as much as episode one wanna just dump everything on your lap, episode two was incredibly sparse. It was also, there were a lot of moments where they like relied on, I guess, the a shock factor, you know, in this episode of, oh, the uh, the town pulled guns on Vash. Um, isn't that shocking? And he's running and then there's the Nebraskas. They're here, you know, and they're chasing him. And then they go back to the town. Isn't that shocking? They grab their plant. Oh my gosh. And then of course the very end ends with like, and suddenly there's these things that look like a virus clinging to one of the Nebraskas and blows him up. Oh my gosh, what a shock. It's just one thing after another. Like, it, and once again, from a structural standpoint, from like no, a non-Trigun fan standpoint, I do not think this episode is meaningfully worse than the first episode. I do, however, think that it doesn't do anywhere near as much as like, you know, like, because the first episode just dumped a bunch of info. Okay, so now what are we going to do with this info to move the story forward? Nothing. The only bit of, like, new information that we get is that Vash is wanted for the theft of plants in various cities, but it's actually Knives doing it. Okay. I'm curious about that, but both as a Trigun fan and a non-Trigun fan, I find that interesting. I think that's a fun mystery to, like, have. Okay, well, then why is why is Knives, like, stealing plants? And yeah. how come Vash is getting, like, blamed for it? And how is this even happening? How is he able to steal them? Because we saw the Nebraska's trying to steal a plant, and it wasn't easy. Those things are heavy. <laughs> yeah. I want to just talk about, like, the overall structure real quick, because it's like, we get the whole town pulling guns on Vash, and instead of scripting out and storyboarding, like, an escape for Vash, like a character moment for Vash, instead we get the title card, and then the title card goes away, and Vash is already mid-running through the city being shot at by everyone, and Rose is like, don't let him escape! It's like, bitch, what were you doing? Like, you had him! He was surrounded. What happened? Gee, I really wish I could have seen. Like, it's like like they didn't want to actually have to, like, write out a conflict or a character moment. And they're like, well, it'll be more exciting if he's already running. It's just like, well, why is he already running? Like, what happened? That's a technique that works for some stories, but I really don't think it worked here. Because it was like, we have too much emotional investment in these towns, in Rosa. Like, yeah. we have too much emotional investment in their relationship with Vash, I feel like, to justify cutting to he's completely surrounded by everyone and now suddenly he's running. Also, he got separated from Meryl and Roberto, who are still trying to help him. Yeah, I just... Ooh, okay. So, 
yeah, like, we've already established that Vash has, like, a really good history with this town and these people. Literally, Rose in the first episode is just like, what's your relationship to Vash? Because, you know, depending on how you're answering, we might have to beat the shit out of you. And now this episode, like, which could be really good. It could be. But they push that off to, like, the midpoint of the episode when he's captured outside to have that moment. It's a weird, jarring juxtaposition to have, like, everyone's cool with Vash one moment, and then the very next, the whole town has gone against him because they knew he was wanted. They know who he is. They were friends with him. And then suddenly, and like, they had the opportunity just to let that officer take Vash if they wanted. So it was very strange to see basically the exact same conflict again, where Vash is in the city and people are going after him for his uh, reward money. Because the first episode kind of implied slightly that Rosa was kind of betraying him. And I thought that was just their shoddy attempt at doing this storyline. But instead, now we're doing this storyline, and now Rose is turning against him, and the whole town is turning against him and chasing him throughout the city. So so any kind of emotional weight here, like, instead you just wanted to have, like, a silly fun moment, and that's fine, but... You, you can't build up this city and the relationship between these characters and now everybody wants to kill Vash. So I wonder if like in the credits or something or somewhere we can see that there's like different writers for each episode because there's things in this episode that would have been better built up in the previous one or there's things that just don't mesh between the two episodes like Rosa having a kid is like very suddenly thrown in and then that becomes yeah no like where the fuck was this kid in the first yeah, episode yeah and that becomes like a core emotional like thing for her like they, that becomes her core motivation for this episode she says it outright i'm a mother i have to protect my kid we're all mothers we have to protect our children well where was he yesterday when the town was like why did why was he not with you like, when everything was on fire. In the first episode, the only thing I really remembered about her character specifically is Vash asking where her man is and her being like, oh yeah, I kicked his ass to the curve, that bum. Uh, and it's just like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't remember her having a son. And I watched the episode twice. So if I watched the episode twice and I don't remember this character has a son... And, like, I feel like I would have remembered because Taunus is a character from the manga and from the anime... So it's a complete reworking of that character, but it is a character from that. So like I would have remembered that and I don't at all. So either it was so blinking you'll miss it or it just wasn't there at all. And I'm like, do you guys have a showrunner? Like if you're going to sit there and take disparate elements from the story and put it in a blender to tell a new story i'm all for that but you also have to make it make sense yeah, i don't think it bodes well either that there's already some issues of like feeling like setup was lacking in the second episode um, exactly that doesn't look like it's going to end up very well if we're already having that problem when you have a serialized show before you can do stuff in later episodes you have to set them up in previous ones and i feel like a lot of backstory is getting set up but not individual character moments like the fact that rosa has a kid i'm gonna be stuck on this for a while <laughs> i am so glad you mentioned this because i was thinking it and i'm like Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't. Maybe Kai is going to come in there and Kai is going to be like, yeah, I totes remember this kid. And I would have been like, well, clearly I'm a dipshit who didn't pay attention. And here you are coming in like, 
where the fuck did this kid come from? Where are your parents? Where the hell are your parents? Oh, wait, she's right here. She pulled a gun on Bash, apparently, for you. I'm fine with, like, the kid like the kid being pre-existing and not being there, but, like, if you're gonna have this emotional beat in this episode, you need to establish the kid better. Because I really feel like the first time this kid shows up is when he walks up with, like, a box full of bugs for Vash, mm. and then his mother scolds him, and I'm like, oh, that's Rose's kid. Is there a reason they had to be in the exact same town? Like, I feel like a lot of this could have been solved if, this was a different town with a different set of characters that they were sitting with or something. Yeah, and I'll get to that later. <laughs> I will say, uh, as like a bit of a positive, I did think the storyboarding for the running, uh, Vash running away and all that, the chase was um, really good. And I do feel like they are, I'm still getting used to the CG animation, but I do feel like Definitely, these are definitely animators and artists behind it because they are taking full advantage of freedom with the camera. Yeah. So I think, like, the chase looked fun and it looked really good and it looked great that they were, like... I don't know. It was really well storyboarded, and I won't go too in-depth on all the reasons why, I think. But I just wanted to throw in that, like, yeah, that was fun. It was a good piece yeah. of space and pacing. And timing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was very, very well done. I will give this show, like... This team has a lot of experience with CG anime, and it really shows. I think this is the mm -hmm. first time they've really gotten to, like, let loose on a show like this. And they seem to be having a lot of fun with that element of it. So, we get the Nebraskas. And first off, there's this running joke, joke, air quotes, of I can't have my son turning stupid. Like, he's always worried about his son hitting his head and his son turning stupid. And I'm like, I don't get the joke. Maybe it's a culture thing. Like, maybe there's some other... Ah, there's, like, an idiom. Like, a Japanese idiom or something. Yeah, that's the only thing I could think of. Because it was kind of weird. Like, maybe when they were in the car and he was talking about being worried because his son was hitting his head, it made sense. But the fact that it kept coming up and it became, like, his thing. I am going to say something that was positive and made me happy when I heard it. I don't know. what He doesn't have a fucking name. Papa Nebraska. Um, he, <laughs> he is voiced by Sh uh, Shigeru Chiba, the voice of Emperor Pilaf in the Japanese version of Dragon Ball. And I absolutely loved hearing him every time he screeched and yelled because I'm like, eh, it's just Pilaf. I love it. <laughs> okay. That explains, yeah, I did feel like I recognized that voice from somewhere. So that explains that. And he did a really good job. It was really fun. It was very energetic. Yeah, I ended up looking up because I'm like, there's no way in hell this isn't Shigeru Chiba. And then I looked it up. I was like, yep, sure enough, I was right. Mm, he has such a distinct voice. Like, like he is like right up there with uh, Nozawa in terms of incredibly distinct, unmistakable Dragon Ball voices. So like, mm -hmm. it, it made me clap. I heard it and I clapped. I will say that... Um... So, talking about like before I forget the setup and payoff idea something that I felt like they did really well was setting up the uh, Rosa saying we're doing this for our kids because our kids mean everything and then having I guess we're calling him Papa Nebraska now <laughs> having him like turn to her and being desperate and saying he's my son I need to save him yes what is it Gosef Gosef yeah and like her having that moment and her she really genuinely was hesitating because she still was mad because it's like he tried to take our plant but you could tell 
you could tell that she recognized you need to save your son and you have your reasons for doing what you're doing, just like how we did something evil in betraying Vash and trying to turn him in because we have our own reasons. We have our own motivations. And so it was, they made the deal of don't touch our plant, but we'll help you save your kid. And I really did. I felt like that was a really nice setup and then payoff moment within the episode. I felt like that was really good. I'm actually going to disagree because, like, it is a setup and a payoff. It didn't do it for you? It, it, it didn't. And um, I'll, I'll get into that after I, like, talk about a few more things because, like, this show, this episode really tries to, like, hammer in, like, the whole anti-pacifist thing. Papa Nebraska is always just like, you know, fight us, stop running. Um, do you have no pride as a gunman? And it's just like, he's just like so mad at like the cowardice of Vash. And he's just like, you know, even like tells his son, it's just like, oh, you're turning into a coward like him. You're ashamed to the Nebraska's. And they're like, what's the point of having a gun if you don't shoot it and blah, blah, blah. And there is like a cute joke. There's a legitimately good joke with that where Vash says, well, why don't you fire yours? And he goes, the ammo for this thing is really expensive. I'm saving up, okay? I did really like that. <laughs> and Vash is just like, well, I guess we've all got our problems. <laughs> yeah, because he was talking about yeah. that earlier. Like, that was one of the excuses I think he gave Meryl was like, oh, yeah, these are expensive. Yeah. I don't want to use them. Which is something that is, like, reasonable to believe is an actual, like, concern that people have. I, you know, that makes sense yeah, that it, people would be worried about wasting ammo because it's expensive. Okay, so Vash in this episode, like, I think there's a lot of good character moments, but also, like, he is, like, it, it really leans into his pacifism incredibly hard to the point that it almost kind of just feels ridiculous that he just isn't, like, drawing his gun at all. He is just kind of slapsticking around. And he's literally, like, talking his way out of this conflict. Which I'm not opposed to. But also, it's just... Like, these are mass yeah. murderers. That's the thing about, like, being a pacifist. And the idea of it being a nuanced and complicated issue. Is that, like, trying to say that you never, ever want to draw your gun. It's like, well, okay, but why do you have it? Because that's something that, um, ah, I gotta not compare it to Trigon. We're not there yet. Not comparing it to the original yet. Um. Okay, so something I want to bring up real quick is just, like, that whole line of, like, have you no pride as a gunman? I'm like, why is this guy saying it? I feel like maybe, like, the MP from the first episode should have had a line like that. Or maybe bring in Brilliant Dynamite's Neon. That's, like, a thing he should be saying. And I know I'm I know I'm pulling stuff from later in the show, but I'm just saying like any kind of skilled gunman as opposed to weird dwarfish like mad scientists what a rocket launcher should be saying. Yeah. Like what the like, fuck? Like who who the hell are you to talk about what the pride of a gunman is? Where are you getting off on like getting on that soapbox for? I did like that, like, Vash was very unapologetic about saying, yep, I'm a coward, that's right, that's absolutely what it is. I love that, just like, do you have any pride to but <laughs> Nope, none whatsoever. Oh, man, it's, it's very, it was very nice, and I did like him pointing out that it's like, look, me, what you're suggesting about having pride and not running away, the alternative is killing somebody. Either I die or they die, and I don't want anyone to die, so I just yeah. run away. I did like that they established that idea. I kind of wish it wasn't I don't know, something about it felt kind of off about the way it was done. 
but I did like him. I did like Vash having that like philosophy. I did like him saying it, but I did. I don't know. Something else felt off about it. I, I think I know exactly what you're talking about because a lot of it feels a little ham-fisted, a little forced in the moment. Uh, in the case of, like, the Nebraska's, Papa Nebraska keeps having, like, these tangents about power is justice, power is truth, like, those who don't fight will die in this world. And it's just like, what is this bizarre philosophy? It's like he exists to be an antithesis to Vash. And it's just so... It feels very forced. And I think what makes Meryl's line also feel forced is that Vash got out of that conflict completely unscathed like as far as like you know they knew from that perspective at that moment nothing needed to be done yeah at that moment nobody had gotten hurt from his decision to just run away so yeah it is kind of i think it does come down to like which care what characters are saying it at what time less it's, yeah like the issues are less what's being said and more who's saying it and when exactly because like, it's not like Vash got shot. It's not like Vash got hurt and he put his life on the line and, you know, he's on the verge of death because of this. And now he has to, like, you know, make a philosophical argument of why he doesn't want to hurt people. It's just he was in a conflict that he didn't want to be in. He ran from the conflict. He got away from the conflict. No harm, no foul. Meryl, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> And speaking of forced messaging, okay, so I said I didn't like the whole parallel between the Nebraskas being, like, uh, a parent and son, and, like, I, need to, I gotta protect my son, and Rosa feeling that kind of understanding and being like, well, I also have my son who I'm trying to protect, and just give us back our plant and we'll be straight. But then it's just, like, her going, hold up drinks for everybody and i'm like what the yeah. fuck yeah going immediately into you know oh all is forgiven i don't know i i was kind of iffy about it leading in immediately to like oh we're all best friends now that was kind of weird because there is a middle ground there's a i can respect you existing and i can help you in this instance and we can say like a life for a life, my debt is repaid kind of situation here, you know? Yeah. But that's not the same as, like, hey, I'm going to give everyone free inventory of my shop, which is how I make money to feed my child. Uh, there's, like, a big problem I have with this finale also is that none of the town's problems are solved. Everyone's just having drinks and yucking it up. This guy's trying to steal your fucking plant, and you're, like, just having drinks with him and being cool and everything's fine. You're... Your, your plant's still fucking dead. You still have the same problems that you had before. So, like, why now are you... You know, you guys had a moment with Vash, and now you're not going to arrest him. And now I'm like, okay, but you, you still have the same problems. So, why now are you okay? Because you were already friends with him. You already had this humanized relationship with Vash. Why now is it different? Because you've had another humanized... Well, it's like, well, before he had only saved our town twice. This time he saved it three times. <laughs> so, you know, if we if we attack him now, now we're really dicks. I feel like the like, same thing as the what? first episode. This one has first draft syndrome. It does. There's a lot of things that work on, like, a timeline. When you just lie it out in an outline, they work. But it's, like, in how they... I know this phrase is done to death, but like the execution of it, there's a lot of things that like, 
if somebody went back and edited the script and, you know, somebody would have noticed or somebody should have noticed that, like, some of these things don't flow as well as they should. And the idea of we have to have a big celebratory party at the end so that we can have our big shocking moment of uh, Gosef dying. They need to be super happy and peaceful and everything right in the world in order for that shocking moment to happen. So just, like, cut to that now, I guess. Speaking of, like, just first draft syndrome, like, something I kept thinking about was, wait, so these criminals are going to the city to catch Vash to get the reward for him. How are you going to get the reward without getting rearrested? Yeah, I was a little confused, but I just kind of chalked it up to me, like, not getting it. <laughs> but it didn't really add up to me, like, is there a bail you need to pay? Like, because didn't it start saying they escaped from prison? Like, Yeah, like, like the radio says that they had escaped from prison, that they... Uh, let me go back and check my notes, because, like, they, they had 69, nice, counts of manslaughter... <laughs> And 12 counts of attempted murder. I don't see how them turning Vash in would solve that. And I don't I don't see... Like, it's obviously a focus on money, because when they grabbed the plant, when they couldn't get Vash, they're... Like, Papa Nebraska over here said, like, we can sell this or something. I remember that. I remember him mentioning, like, we can make a lot of money off of having this. Yeah, no, they stole the plant for the money. So, for somehow in this system, they have it in their heads that if they have enough money, they can, like, be free. Yeah. And they don't get arrested. I, I have no clue what... Because, like, literally, like, when Vash gets away, they're like, we're gonna go back to prison. I'm like, how are you gonna get this fucking reward in the first place? Things that sound fine, like, they would work when you first say it out loud, but then somebody needs to be the one to say, hey, now, wait a minute, how does that mm -hmm. make sense? So that's all I had to say as a mm -hmm. rational-minded, non-Trigon fan. How about you? I thought the little virus thing-looking robot thingies lost technology looked really cool. I, th I, thought they I thought they looked really cool. I did, too. That was neat. Um, and I am, I am really curious about why Knives is collecting plants. Would I be curious about that if I didn't already know what I know? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I would. That is still really interesting to hear that somebody that all we know of at this moment is that they were on that seed ship and it blew up and yeah. suddenly Knives is collecting plants, which is the only bit of technology they have. Like, that's really intriguing. That's really interesting. I'm curious to see more on that. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. Um, we even got, like, in the flashback, Knives specifically says that, like, the, the the ships with the plants on them, he made sure to spare. So, you know, we know he has some sort of connection to them, that there was some sort of, you know, meaning behind it. So, yeah, no, like, I, I, think, I think on a macro level, this story makes sense. On an individual, like, like plot beat by plot beat, episode by episode, it's just, okay, like, you know, we're going to do this adventure, and then, like, they write it out, and then they just go into production without going, did any of this actually make fucking sense? <laughs> and the answer is no. Did we think about the implications of all the things we're throwing in here, or are we just banking on everyone looking at it at a surface yeah. level, I guess is the idea. Okay, so now time for the bitchy Trigun fan segment of the show, which, <laughs> boy, oh, boy... As a Trigun fan, I am so fucking mad at this episode. Why is Gustav so tiny? Isn't he he's supposed to be huge? Yeah! I just... Okay, so, yeah, first off, they redesigned the Nebraskas, 
And in the original series, Gosef is like three stories tall. He's like 15 feet tall. He is a big old juggernaut of a motherfucker. With, and like his big hard puncher arm is like, it, it, it is this building destroying thing. Like it is just unfucking stoppable. It just wrecks everything it comes across. And like, as like a first like antagonist of the manga, like it's a really good, like, you know, kind of, you know, it's not someone who's super skilled or anything. He's just this big, lumbering, destructive force, and he can just tear through shit. So it's like, well, how does this guy with a pistol, with, with like, you know, a gun, deal with something like this? And we get to see it. And here, it's just, he has, like, a slightly bigger than average fist. And it's not even, like, a big special thing or a thing that feels particularly prominent because, like, the way they first show it is in a gag scene where he, like, punches the driver um, out of the vehicle and his little rope arm slings out and then comes back. And it's just like, I mean, that's kind of a cute joke scene, but, like, also, if you've, if you're not familiar with this character, do you even understand, like, what had just happened? I mean, I had to, I, I didn't remember at that point. Like, I was like, oh, that was, okay, they have some kind of weapon in there. And then when I saw him actually use it later, like, you actually see him using it. I was like, oh, wait, I remember yes. that. So, no, I didn't know what that was. I just thought it was a random weapon. I didn't even know that that was supposed to be, like showing that it's his arm at first okay so yeah as a fan of trigun you knew who this character was and even you had forgotten it like i had it but i was just like when it happened i was just disappointed i'm like oh is that how we're gonna unveil this well okay a little lame i thought like you know, you try to make it cooler in the anime you know, you got all this cool 3D technology. Uh, I guess not. There was something else I just remembered that I think is worth pointing out. Because you remember uh, with episode one, we talked about how the um, the police officer guy, uh, oh, he's really skilled. He's able to shoot that little tiny bullet out. Well, we were like, okay, I guess everyone can do that. But then this episode had a big emphasis on Vash being able to do that with... Uh, one of like Papa Nebraska's bullets or something. And they really hyped up the skill that he had to be able to pull out his gun and shoot that bullet in the air. I, and I just, I thought that was weird that it was like, well, the military police officer did that in the previous episode. So now it's a really big, impressive feat. I'm just, hmm. okay. See, okay. it's a big, impressive feat because when Vash did it, it was in slow motion. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Like they, they framed it as being such a big deal coming from him this time. I guess it's a power scaling thing. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. And like, I, I do think it is a more impressive shot because Vash is reacting to a bullet being fired at him and then firing at it in midair. He didn't have his gun drawn either. So there are things, but it also just kind of seemed weird and off to me that it was like, so, I don't know. Yeah. It was something I thought was worth pointing out. Yeah. Uh, this version of Vash is so insanely fucking quick. Like, I mean, Vash is shown to be like superhuman in his speed, but, like, this version of Vash is, like, tapping into the speed force. I kind of dig it, as long as it doesn't, like, as long as it stays consistent. Because it is something that's, like, he's supposed to be, like, inhuman, you know? So I'm okay with them adjusting his abilities, so long as they stay consistent with what his abilities are. 
and it also like remains special to him you know yes like that is my thing i am fine with there being like this seems to be the power scale of trained really good gunmen can like do something like shoot a bullet that's flipping through the air out of the sky someone like vash can dodge a bullet point blank like he does in episode one or fire his gun and knock a bullet out of the air that's being fired directly at him. There is definitely, like, these guys are, like, super skilled chads, but, like, Vash is the Giga Chad. Yeah, I was going to say exactly. But, yeah, so my big, big fucking gripe with this episode, though, like, that just has me boiling over is just... <sighs> we had established this town as being a place where Vash was safe, where Vash knew everyone, everyone had a relationship to Vash, and then the town turns against Vash. And, like I said, they completely skip over having any character mode. It's just, they pull their guns, we're taking you in for the reward, Vash is running away. This is pretty much an adaptation of, like, the first three chapters of the manga, where Vash is in a town, he deals with some people who are going after his bounty. And then they go, oh, well, this guy's Vash Stampede. They have a little town meeting. They come back. And they all have their guns drawn on Vash. And we get to actually see, like, Vash jumping out a window and, like, making these crazy escape moves. And, like, everyone's going after... There are just so many, like, little comedic character beats where, like, hey, I found him! And then, like, Vash throws a thing at a guy and knocks him in the face, and then he's, like, running away and, like, grabbing, like, a like a clothesline and swinging down and smashing through a window, and he's, like, hanging upside down, and then people are shooting at him as he scurries away. And there's so much fun and yeah. elements in terms of both, like, the choreography in terms of, like, the, the spatial elements of, like, Vash navigating this town... Uh, the townspeople are given personalities and they're actually given a lot of humanity because he's being held up at gunpoint by a waitress and you see she's like sad. She's like, she feels so god awful, but she's just like, we need this money to survive. And Vash is trying to make his big escape. And like when he gets cornered by like three women with guns, like in this, he lets himself get captured. In the manga, and I think also in the anime, he, like, pulls his gun out, like, super quick. And he's, do not make me fire this. You see, like, this pain and torture in his character. I cannot be stopped until I find him. Him being Knives. And there's just all this tension. There's this drama. And this episode is completely devoid of that. Where... Like, all of the people are just, like, people shooting at him and just being like, oh, where's that Vash Stampede? You know, we're going to kick his ass and, you know, oh, we should probably try to get those reporters, too. Maybe we can up our bounty. And it's just like, what? I also found it weird. They did the thing of the bait and switch with the red coat, but Vash was still wearing his coat. Okay, so you recognize that your red coat is something that if anybody saw you turning a corner they would know it's you. Like, I'm not saying he had to give up his coat, but it was kind of weird that, like, he was still wearing his 
Right. <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. Because I saw like the, I guess it's the Thomas, the bird. Yeah. It, though it looks kind of different because it doesn't have like the little headgear on it. It's just kind of like a blue ostrich. It's just what it looked like. Yeah, so I thought too. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, like he puts the, the his coat on that thing and sends it off. Or it's not even his coat. It's just a red coat. It doesn't work as, it works well enough, but it wouldn't work as well unless he took his off as well, you know, because, but whatever. That's like a... Exactly. But like, I really feel like with the town that he was running away from that they like all turned on him in the manga and in the anime, they didn't have a long-standing this is our friend Vash the Stampede relationship the way this town did. So there wasn't as much sense of betrayal so much as like it was more focused it was way more focused on the desperation of the town than it was on the idea of we're doing a bad Mm -hmm. thing for a good cause in a way like that was an element of it but it was mostly for desperation more than it was drama because we're upset that Vash or that Vash was our friend and now we have to suddenly turn on him which is why I'm like, I feel like a lot of problems would have been solved in this episode if it was a different town. Yeah, honestly, I agree. And I don't know whether to trust these guys or not because I don't know these people. I don't know why Vash is still trusting these people at this point. So here's the thing that gets me is that the town is given so much more humanity in the manga and we have no fucking prior history with them. And in this version, we have prior history and it feels like they're just backstabbers like there is no sympathy and like you know the mother rosa she has like a whole monologue at like the midpoint of the fucking episode to then explain like our children are gonna die if we don't save this plant and blah 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 but like she's saying it in this tone of voice that is so stern there is no regret there is no remorse she doesn't like the waitress that Vash deals with, like, she's like, Mr. Vash, I'm really sorry. Like, I just, you know, we have to do this for our town. I know that one panel from the manga is really always, like, is burned in my brain of, like, her, that waitress standing in the center of the frame and, like, behind her is, like, a bunch of other people out the window or something like that and the way the lighting is. And it's so dramatic and her expression is so torn apart. And she's shaking. Yeah. Whereas, like you were saying, in the in this episode with Rosa, she's just sounds like a mother uh, scolding her child the entire time. Yeah, no, there is no warmth in her voice, in her performance. She just sounds like a bitch the entire time. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel no empathy for you. Like, you don't sound regretful or remorseful in the least. <sighs> so, like, in the manga... Gosef, you know, his hard punch comes barreling through, like, a tavern and, like, tears it all up. Vash is able to, like, save the waitress who's in, like, direct line of shot of it. Um, He then takes this moment to, like, you know, undo the rubble and, like, help the women. And the whole time, like, Papa Nebraska is just like, this fucking pussy, and, like, his condemnation of Vash kind of makes more sense in that moment where it's honestly they should have just pulled more things from the manga if like i was shocked that this episode was doing an adaptation of the storyline because given how the first episode went i figured they were just gonna veer off and do their own thing so for episode two to basically be like the intro story of the manga i'm now like okay 
But, like, you changed everything, but for the worse. Because in the manga, the Nebraska show up because the mayor hired these escaped convicts to help catch Vash to Stampede. Yeah, character motivation is still confusing and is still a problem and was much better done in the manga. <laughs> yeah, throughout. And, like, all I could think about, I really don't want to constantly make comparisons to the manga but like when you're adapting a story directly from it i can't help but it because like you're you're begging for the comparison yeah. at this point there is also the point of when you criticize something being able to point to something similar where this worked in this way because they did xyz and that's how they made it work versus this one that doesn't work because they didn't do that and there's, there's valid points to that as well. That's why comparing and contrasting is such a vital thing. Like I said, this is definitely inviting the comparison. And when you put them side by side, it's like, like you guys had the template there. And it's just like, well, we have the pieces, but we're also trying to tell our own story. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But you, once again, have to make it make sense. Like, and also, okay, I really, this is not like a big fucking deal breaker, but I really hate that they downsize Gosef because Gosef in the manga is this big hulking behemoth of a human being. And it really sells you on how weird the world of Trigon is and having him be a larger than average guy, but still, you know, reasonably sized doesn't feel as cool it's not as interesting yeah it's it's very i hate it i don't know it, it's just kind of like you took something that was like a very like interesting concept that made it stand out and you turned it into something generic which is very similar to the idea of meryl is now a reporter instead of an insurance agent you know yeah. like it's you took something that was really memorable and interesting and made the original stand out for having it and then went, okay, but what if we just make it, like, everything else? Yeah. Like, why? Why, though? It's because you wanted to have him struggling with bringing the plant up? Like, what, what was it? I don't know why this show has made any of the changes it's making for the most part. <sighs> I'm really hoping that it pans out at some point. But, like, right now, I'm just not feeling it. And also, okay, so Vash, like, the town letting Vash go in the manga also made sense because they had the Nebraskas. They had the Nebraskas reward. So that's what saved their town. Here in this town, we actually have a tangible problem. Their plant is dead. Their water is contaminated. They are going to fucking starve and die. They need this. So, like, their problems aren't fucking resolved. Like, I'm really curious. I feel like given how episode two ended we are not leaving this town yet like episode three is probably going to take place in this town again and i would not be surprised if the episode isn't about knives stealing the plant which if it is i'm going to be really annoyed because that's literally the plot of the episode we just fucking watched. Right. Yeah. And it's also like, that's the thing that I brought up that I found what, that I thought was a really interesting mystery that they're bringing in and that I'm really curious to see. And if they were to just, okay, next episode, uh, we're going to solve that now or we're going to, I don't know. 
This, this show feels very weirdly paced. I don't know what what they're doing, why they're putting oh, giving yeah. out so much information so fast. And, and then just completely <laughs> pumping the fucking brakes in the second episode. Because the second episode, it's just like, it's a chase scene and then another chase scene with some other characters. But now, and then the finale has to be Vash runs back to the town that he ran out of because the two people who are chasing after him are now opposing each other and now he has to go save the day. Why? Why? I was willing to, like, give the benefit of the doubt to all the intro dumping for the previous episode because, like, well, maybe there's a whole lot of stuff and the way they want to tell the story is just really fast-paced and so they have to get all of this out now so that they can move on to the next point. But then what all from this episode had to do with all the stuff they told us in the previous episode. Like, what is... One of the plants is dying. What does that have to do with the plot of this episode that we needed to include that in all of our info dump in the previous one? What is, like, knives existing? And what does that, like, have to do with uh, what happened in this episode? Because Vash having the bounty, you don't need to know that knives is out there or something and Vash is after him for Vash to have that bounty on his head and so for this these townspeople to want to get back. Okay, so, mm, alrighty. I got some things I want to say. First off, I don't like that the bounty on Vash's head is something he's not responsible for because it's something his brother is doing where in the manga he's wanted for the July incident, which... Though it is something that was instigated by Knives, it is something that Vash actually did and something that weighs on Vash's soul. That is a very good point because it does feel kind of cheap. Like, because that was part of the thing of what made Vash's pacifism so interesting is that he's always felt that way if he doesn't want people to get hurt. And then he was responsible for, like, the single greatest tragedy this planet had seen since they all landed there, you know? Um, Exactly. And it was literally his hand that did it it was his arm that blew up the town even if it was like knives like you said instigating it so but now it's like vash is just like oh i have nothing to do with the bad things that are happening here it's all knives like i don't know it is you make a good point that it is kind of painting vash as like this little perfect angel this is a far less interesting take on vash i don't feel any of the emotional weight i don't feel his internal sadness i don't feel any of the burden that he carries with him by the third chapter in the manga i had a full understanding of who this character was like but but by the end of that first story i knew that vash was a silly kind-hearted pacifist guy who tries to avoid conflicts but when push comes to shove he will engage in them he will draw his gun and he will do this in the name of protecting others but he also carries a deep sadness in him there's also the idea of like he has a purpose for why he's still here beyond that like you said from the manga the town chasing him down him like pulling a gun and saying don't make me do this because it's like he can't just let them you know, kill him and take him or, you know, get in the way of him finding knives. He couldn't let that happen. Yeah. Um, and he didn't want, he didn't want to hurt anybody, but he knew that that, that there was something that like, that didn't mean being a complete pushover. Yeah. Like, like there's so much mystery crafting going on in the early chapters of the manga. 
And this, it feels like, because I don't understand the motivations. And also, okay, so Vash is now wanted for something that he didn't actually do. So the town apparently knows that Vash is not the person that did the thing that the bounty mm -hmm. is for. Like, he says that, like, in the bar. It's not like he's taking the fall for it. So, like, now this town, who has a history with him are now trying to capture this guy who isn't even guilty of the crime he was accused of. It's just like it paints them in a far worse light. And it makes their turnaround at the end feel way, way just more saccharine and fucking fake. Yeah, this this town is kind of kind of bad people. Kind of selfish. Kind of. Yeah, and also... <sighs> Once again, in the manga, they had the bounty, they had the Nebraskas, you know, they're taken care of. Here, they're still not taken care of. We have, like, so they bring up, like, you know, Vash has saved this town three times. Two of the times that Vash has saved the town, it's because he was in the town and someone was looking for his bounty. In the, in the manga, when he saves the town from the Nebraskas, it's because they hired the Nebraskas to catch Vash, and then they brought the Nebraskas were just damn near almost killing people and destroying the city. So, like, that's their fuck-up. Yeah. Which adds to understanding Vash's character because of the fact that he wasn't, he just saw that people were getting hurt and put a stop to it. He wasn't concerned with the fact that they were only getting hurt by because they called a hit on him. He still helps them. Whereas here, it's like just, I, I don't yeah. know, it's a lot less powerful trying There's to get so the same much... idea, but not having the same heart behind it is what I'm getting from a lot of, from these two episodes. Exactly. Like, I don't feel anything for this Vash. I don't feel anything for this fucking town because the town is painted in such like a shitty light. Like they try so hard to like make them empathetic, but then they make them kind of the biggest pieces of shit, and then they give them, like, this face-to-heel-to-face turn at the end, where, oh, everything's fine now, drinks for everybody, ignore the fact that our town's still fucking dying. I fucking hate this episode. Like, like in a vacuum, it is just another mid-fucking episode, but as, like, an adaptation of a story from Trigun, it is fucking abysmal. I hated it so much. I was pissed off every fucking step of the way. Every time they did a thing, and I'm like, okay, see, like, this worked in the manga and anime because, like, if you want a good version of this episode, either read the first three chapters of the manga, or, if you're not down for that, Go watch, I think, episode 6 of the anime, uh, Hard Puncher. Because that will give you exactly, like, what you need for, uh, like, as a comparison on, like, how well one did and how terribly this did as yeah. a fucking comparison. And there is a point to, like, if you don't know anything else, it's hard to know that there is, like, and it's just, you know, philo basic philosophy understanding for everything. If you've never seen or known better, then, of course, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this was seemed fine to me. But that's the idea of, like, yeah. comparing it to the original of going, like, no, they did that storyline 
way better. This is how it looks way better. And then like when you're keeping that original storyline in mind, it's hard to watch this because you're just constantly thinking of how this was done better over here. This aspect was better over here. Yeah, no, it's a mid. It's just like, wow, this is kind of whatever. But if you actually know what they're adapting and how they just made a way, 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 way worse version of it, like, it's fucking frustrating. The fucking Nebraska's, like, I feel like they tried to give them a bit more depth by, like, having Papa Nebraska be this abusive asshole, but then, like, have him be worried about his son. And, and honestly, like... I'm not even sure if Gosef is like actually a bad person in this version. Like, yeah. like you know, he did, he wasn't really much of anything in the manga. But like this verse, it seems like they tried to give him humanity. But now I feel like almost like was that humanity? Did it serve a purpose other than to kill him off and make me feel things? Because fuck you, if that's <laughs> the reason. I will say that, like, while I did like how there was the setup and the payoff of the, uh, you know, like, oh, we're, we're parents worried about our kids, it did feel weird that I didn't feel much parental warmth from Papa Nebraska throughout the thing. Or Rosa. Or Rosa, yeah. What? You're right. Did I didn't you... feel much from her what? either. What? Except for, like, oh, yeah, again, it was just except for when their kid was in danger. Then suddenly... Which is like, yeah, that can be how it often, that that can be, it makes sense that like if you try to think of it outside of the fact that this is a fictional story and you need the context as a reader, you need to include reasons for your audience to believe that these parents care about their kids outside of just when they're in danger. Because it's like, yeah, in reality, parents aren't mm -hmm. always 100% of the time sh showering their kids with love and affection. But you still, in a fictional story, still need to show that to your audience. Because otherwise, we have no reason to believe that these parents, like, care about their kids outside of, like, superficial things of just, like, it's my duty as a parent or something. Yeah. So, I'm going to make uh, another bitchy fangirl complaint about this finale. In the manga and in the anime, when Gosef and Papa Nebraska, you know, they're attacking the, the city... And they're trying to confront Vash, and Vash just isn't fighting them back. He has Gosef target the unconscious women, and Vash has to run in to save them. So it's just like, you know, you can either take this fucking punch from my kid, or these women die. And, like, his punch, in originally, because he's this big fucking behemoth, like I said, it was a fucking, like, just... It's an unstoppable wrecking ball of a punch. In that version... Vash has to jump in front, he fires his gun five times, and he hits it at such an angle, such a precise angle, that it veers the fist off course and sends it off on the side. And Papa Nebraska is just like, he took out my son's hard punch with six bullets? And it's just like, no, five bullets, because then Vash fires the sixth bullet into, like, the wind-up chamber of his son's arm, keeping him from actually firing it again, completely disabling his ability. And, like, that's, like, a really dope moment. Like, there's nothing cool in this. Yeah, that's a really cool hype moment, and it's also, like, a very good, like, exploration of Vash has these inhuman abilities, and he goes out of his way 
to do the more complicated and like quote unquote wasteful tactic if it ends in nobody getting hurt, including protecting himself. So it's like, yeah, he could have taken that punch, but instead he went, you know, used six bullets to knock the punch out of the way and make it to where he couldn't punch anyone again. Yeah. Without hurting uh, Gosef either, you know? Exactly. Like, and Stampede's version of that scene is um, Gosef throwing Rosa in the air and then needlessly just punching her out of, like, you know, he fires at her. And then Vash does his anime boy flip kick and knocks it out of the air and then catches Rosa and brings her down. And, like, that's a neat moment. Like, oh, yeah, that was kind of dope. But it's like, it's just, there's so much cooler shit that could have happened. Oh, like, all of the emotional weight is just completely stripped out for, like, funny little Vash scenes and Vash kind of being slick or... Vash being a simpering, sobbing fucking child at times. Yeah. Like whenever there's... they say like I can't take your um I can't take your story like credibly because you don't have any evidence that you actually have a twin brother. He's just like <laughs> oh my I don't know if that was because oh. of the voice acting or the animation, but something about that felt a little over the top and a little I guess what it is is it felt more genuine than it should have because it should have been a silly Vash is gonna like act like he's gonna start crying because that's something Vash would do you know I was like oh no everybody hates me and I'm never gonna be you know but like it kind of came out as like him actually kind of being crybaby-ish as opposed to silly exactly and honestly like it's not just the voice acting it's the whole performance where he like grits his teeth he shakes his head and his eyes widen and he just kind of starts tearing up the whole presentation it's like it's done in a kind of silly way but it's also it looks genuine like you know he isn't like over dramatically just (laughs) and like having like cartoonish streaming water coming down his face like he would in the manga or the old anime. And if you're thinking, God, shut up about that. This is the this is the point of this segment of the fucking <laughs> podcast. If you did not want to hear me constantly compare it to the manga and anime, you could have dipped out. You could have been like, okay, I heard the part I liked. This is the part where I fucking unload <laughs> as just a bitchy, bitchy fan of what came before. I am in shock of like, how much this show so far is dropping the ball. Like, you already had a great fucking manga. Use the manga! If you, like, or if you're gonna retool it, like, remix it in a way that makes any kind of fucking sense. And let's also, like, not forget that if we, you know, make a criticism or a complaint, and it's something that is comparable to something in the original someone out there is going to point out and so we might as well point it out and be like well it's not really the same because xyz (laughs) yeah you know him being silly and crying a bit was is not in and of itself a bad idea but it was how it was done and it was different from the original here's why it worked in the original and not here we're not being hypocrites i swear (laughs) i don't like anything in this episode like okay that's not true there are little moments Little beacons of, like, fun animation, like when um, Papa Nebraska is shooting at Vash, he's kind of pirouetting around the bullets and stuff. That's cute. That's fun. That's a nice little Vash moment. Vash running through the city. 
that looked fucking stellar and a lot of fun and and really took advantage of the medium and it, it, it like it took advantage of the artistic medium <sighs> of the fact that they're doing cg too that's the thing that i point to when i see a lot of stuff using uh, a certain format or a certain medium and they don't take full advantage of it and that's always like disappointing it's like okay mm-hmm. it, it, it's what leads you into thinking like oh this is cg like did they do it just because for some way or somehow it's cheaper somehow or something or is it actually like artistic and it's like no they took full advantage of it because they had a lot of camera movement that's really freaking difficult to do with traditional animation and i appreciate that i mean the studio that that's doing this is just you know cg is their bread and butter but uh yeah no visually i don't have a problem with the show Honestly, like, the worst part of it, I thought, was, um, the Nebraskas, they, they, they looked really weird in this style, like, they didn't translate well, and I'm like, you guys, like, redesigned them, but now they look weird, and I, I feel like, once again, if you had just stuck to what was original, like, you know, you could have had more visually unique characters, and they probably would have looked better in the CG style. Yeah, and for me, I just, like, I find it interesting that it's, like, I eh, am a little more disappointed by this episode than I was the previous one, but I still haven't personally been, like, super offended yet. I'm just like, oh, this is kind of eh right now. Um, yeah. I'm really, I guess now it's a countdown to see, is this show going to save itself from that, or am I going to end up in that same boat eventually? Hopefully you can stay in your boat of optimism while I stay on the, like, fucking SS bitchy fit. <laughs> I'm trying so oh. hard to come up with the excuses for the artist and for the writers and everything, but there's just, there's only so much Maybe I can they do. just did a whole lot of cocaine. I don't know what their struggles <laughs> is. You know, Vash even says, like, I guess everyone has their problems. Uh, Clearly the, the fucking series director for this show just did a lot of cocaine. I'm kidding. If this show had been done with a bunch of cocaine, it would have been a fucking blast. <laughs> I've seen what happens when creative minds make shit while high off their fucking asses on like all kinds of weird shit. And it creates some of the most bizarre out there fucking artistic expressions I've ever fucking seen. Oh yeah, catch me when I'm manic too. And that's not even with like, <laughs> that's just how my brain works. At this point, if I wasn't doing this podcast with you, I probably would have dropped it by now because I'm like, there's no reason for me to keep coming back. But I like talking to you about it. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, like, I, I am so glad I'm doing this podcast because I have like a sick mind virus. If it's part of a franchise that I'm really invested in, I will just go, well, let's see how much this one hurts. <laughs> Ugh, like, an example, I'm watching Velma. The god-awful adult-centric Scooby-Doo spin-off thing. It's fucking terrible. From all I can tell, my, my conspiracy theory, and I haven't watched it, but from what I've seen, uh, my conspiracy theory for that show is they pitched an original show to them and they said, but can you make it Scooby-Doo? And they said, well, do I have to add the dog now? And they said, no, you can get away without adding the dog. Oh, yeah, no, this this totally feels like, like Mindy Kaling pitched an original series and they were like, well, we won't green light that, but you know, can you do us like an adult Scooby-Doo series? Because we're kind of looking for something to be like the Scooby-Doo version of the Harley Quinn show. And the Harley Quinn show is fucking great. This 
so far has been offensive. Uh, this being the Velma series, honestly. Trigun Stampede does not offend me. It just, it pisses me off. I think there is something to be said about, like, it's more aggravating to think about somebody having, like, using an IP and going so far off the original <clears throat> that it's totally unrecognizable. And that being more offensive to fans than something like how Trigun Stampede is just kind of why are you why do you exist in the form that you exist but it's in? like you can still see respect for trigun in trigun stampede you like they they did the uh they tried to do their own version of the nebraska like hard puncher or whatever plot line and they might have fallen a little flat but they had to have known about the original and wanted to do something with the original plot line to do that you know and i i can respect that Mm -hmm. Even if I'm still going to be like, yeah, but the original still did it way better. And I don't know why you felt like you needed to do this. The only thing <laughs> I can think of is just like, well, the anime like already adapted. Uh, the only thing I can think of is just like, well, the original anime like already adapted the storyline. So, you know, we're going to change things up. And it's just like that anime was like 25 years ago and it wasn't even popular in Japan. I who gives a shit? I do wonder, though, if, like, the fact that, like, you know, these both of these episodes feel like they have first draft syndrome, I wonder if their writing portion of their timeline of how they're doing their production doesn't have that much time. And so that would be another reason why they're borrowing stuff even while still trying to do their own thing. They're also like, ah, we need a storyline to get this point across. Uh, uh, what, what, what about the Nebraska storyline? The first thing from the manga. Let's do something with those characters and something similar yeah. to that. Like, I can see that happening. I can see it being an issue if they're not given a whole lot of time for writing as compared to other mm -hmm. things. God, I wish I could be a fly in a wall in, like, studios everywhere all at once <laughs> to see what's going on. See, like, like you're a lot nicer than I am because, you know, you're just like, well, maybe maybe they're having their own personal struggle struggles where I'm like, you know, I'm just picturing some fucking douchebag at a Japanese fucking animation studio going, ah, yes, I'm going to put my mark on Trigun. This is my interpretation. <laughs> And well, that's the thing is that like the the product, the final product still suffers mm -hmm. a lot and is still not good. Yeah. Um, like, but just... it's like, I guess what it is, maybe it was because I watched Hirobako. I don't know. But I like to think I've always felt that like you can I like to imagine that the anime industry in Japan as it is now, especially as an animator, I, I don't see you anybody like going for that path and like not having any passion for it. So I like to think what would get somebody who's a passionate artist who loves anime to do something like this, you know? I just feel um, like- But it's still like, that doesn't excuse it. I just like imagining and coming up with like reasoning for things. Like, like, like I wonder what, what downers were they on when they wrote this? <laughs> I don't know. I like to think of things from an artistic, uh, from the artist's point of view, even if I don't know the artist. Yeah, that's understandable. But no, the episode is still meh. <laughs> okay, so speaking of episode being meh, um, on a scale of one to six bullets, Kai, how would you rate this one? I'm giving this one 2.5 bullets. I'm going down a whole bullet. <laughs> I'm just like, I feel like this episode, straight up, I had to take a nap after watching it. I was just kind of 
it was and I was kind of bored watching it a lot of the time and a lot of the stuff that was like in the first episode that I could go oh yeah I mean info dumpy but it's setting stuff up or it's the first episode this one felt so there were so many things that didn't connect to the first episode in this one it's just a lot of things and I'm like no you're going down you don't get the first episode grace anymore your grace period's over 2.5 that's the answer as an overall like episode normally I think I would give this something like this a two but because it is adapting a much much better story and I can look at that other story and go wow you really fucked this up you had a blueprint on how to do this and you just went yeah but like what if I just took a shit on it you missed how could you miss that it was three just, feet in front of you I am going to give this one and a half bullets I genuinely like like I would say I was bored as shit during this episode but I was fueled by frustration at all the creative changes where I was just like this is so much worse this is dumb this is why why is this like ah uh, ooh you had a blueprint you had a layout and just like, like, you had Hard Puncher, and you made fucking Soft Puncher. <laughs> Fuck this show. 